So <laughs> let's just get this show started. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast. And we want to welcome back award-winning social media manager, John Steven Stancil, the man that actually educated me on what the acronym FFS means. that's a dubious honor so (laughs) i'm always i'm always awed by the background that john has in his his books that issue of x-men you've got sitting on the bottom shelf it's like oh my goodness gracious yeah that's um yeah i have those super size special and the first appearance of Kitty Pride as well. Yep, I own up myself. Yeah, I've, I've had those the... since I was like twelve. Yeah, I don't uh, have any of my guitars anymore, and I kind of like always like the idea of like having in the background parts of your personality. Uh, a you know, the lamp is not a part of my personality. <laughs> that, that, that's a part of my personality. You know, <laughs> this actually might be a good seg into what we're talking about today and LinkedIn. Yeah. But one of the things is I, as I started to work in the entertainment industry a little bit more, I felt I, I actually got nerdier in my background because as I work on comic book stuff and fantasy stuff, I feel like people might actually trust me a little bit more if I have that <laughs> behind me. Um, so there, there's, you know, I, it gives, at least it justifies like me buying a Boba Fett helmet in some sort of way. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you confirmed that. Cause I was like, I see like the uh, antenna thing. And I was like, it looks like Boba Fett, but it's too far away. It's like, let's just see all of JS's goody yeah. stuff in the background and just yeah. talk about it. <laughs> that, that's, that's the, that's the original. That's the. That's and some of the things like, the you know, tro- trophies of stuff I've worked on. So I've got invincible, the complete series and the action figures. I've worked on radiant black. So I've got the comic books and the, the radiant there so yeah uh, oh, cool, not cool. all this i do not work on star wars i do not work on marvel stuff but i like that so <laughs> goes there. Yeah. maybe someday fingers crossed well it's unfortunate they could use all the help they can get right now mm-hmm. yeah i've been watching the reviews on ahsoka and um there's a lot of like lore and just backstory and of course the guy that was playing the main villain passed away so I guess they're going to do a recast on that. I didn't know he had passed away until like they st- I start watching reviews like seven or eight of episode seven or eight. And I was like, oh, oh okay. uh, what's his uh, name? I, the, I can't remember the actor's name, but the character Balin Skull. Yeah. Skull. Because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I went to. I went to I get my hair cut this week and said, give me the Balin Skull. And uh, <laughs> not quite sure we hit it. I think my beard needs to be a little bit more full, but. And yeah, as I go gray, maybe I'll, I'll get that. We'll yeah. see. Um, he was menacing. I mean, he was his presence. I agree. When I was watching just some of the scenes that he was in, I mean, his presence was just noticed, you know. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see how they they recast that. And then I um, was singing and reading about, you know, Henry Cavill, what he's up to and, and becoming the next Highlander. And so I guess he's going to be playing Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Um, which, you know, that might be a little strange, but we'll see, uh, I guess. Um, I knew that he was doing something with Warhammer because he's no longer, as we know, with Witcher and uh, Superman's been long gone. And, uh, he's so. a huge Warhammer. He's a big mm-hmm. Warhammer nerd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was an interview with him. It was a it was season three of Witcher interview with him and the cast. 
and uh, the guy that plays the bard or whatever. I mean, they they almost kind of really nerded out on the interview together, talking about what army he was getting and the other one. Got. I mean, it was just like a the. It can be your life. Um, yeah. That's I, what I've heard. I, Actually, our local game store does like a learn Warhammer 40K thing. And I've worked with some Twitch streamers who stream their Warhammer games. So I'm like, I need to go and learn a little bit about it and like, you know, kind of see what the ins and outs are. And as much as I enjoyed it, like I, I've got a six-year-old son, like I cannot <laughs> devote six hours. They were, they were like, okay, we're just going to do a short session. Do y'all have four hours? <laughs> like, oh <my> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard it's 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 deep and wide uh, as far as the, the 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 culture around Warhammer. Yeah, well, I tell you what, you know, because the listeners right now they're like, "Are you guys going to like talk for twenty minutes about yeah, that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just skip over the topic. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you're kind of half right. Uh, <laughs> but JS, well, I will say, I'll, I'll say this just to kick it off. JS is probably one of the most prolific most substantive prolific LinkedIn posters I've ever seen. I mean, there's a lot of people that churn out, you know, they're always churning out content onto, onto LinkedIn, but it, most of it's just, you know, it's, it's flotsam and jetsam. It's, 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 there's not a lot of substance to it, but everything JS puts out there, it's significant and he's got really got good stuff to say. So I just got to tip my hat to you, Jason. Oh man, I appreciate regard. that. Um, yeah. yeah it's... Make your checks payable to nerd brand. <laughs> <laughs> I will say if you told me like just over a year ago that I, people would say that about me about LinkedIn, I would have laughed about you. I, I just right. had 30,000 followers on LinkedIn and like, I don't know how, like, a year and a half ago, I'd have been like LinkedIn, really, for real. Like, why would I spend time there? So we can talk a bit about that journey today, um, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and how I went from you know, and and I thought you know, I don't I don't want talking about follower accounts kind of gauche, but like for a while, I was getting close to thirty thousand on LinkedIn on, on Twitter, and I thought, okay, and, and then quickly LinkedIn started moving up. I'm like, oh my goodness. LinkedIn is going to surpass my Twitter, um, which I never in a million years thought that would happen. And we're already there. And it, it's uh, it, it's it's wild to see. And some of it's about link, the way LinkedIn is changing. And some of it's like people fleeing Twitter and it, it you know, growth there being much slower. So, so. yeah, I'm oh, actually and- looking up right now. You've got 31,200 on uh whatever it's going to call we're going to we're, we're just going to say that social media network formerly known as twitter um and then yeah you're you're hovering about exactly the same on linkedin which is just yeah funny it's yeah. really funny i don't know if it's down to the exact count because it's like but yeah it is very interesting yeah so so js what what made you decide what pushed you into the into the linkedin sphere what what has made you decide to be what what's what's the strategy behind being so prolific plagiarism <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, just, what, just like everybody else no, no what i noticed is you know i started talking about social media on twitter and that was really my home and where i was and i would had you know content do really well there and i every so often i would notice somebody would copy and paste one of my tweets over onto linkedin without crediting me at all you know, somebody would just kind of nudge me and go, hey, did you see this guy copy you on LinkedIn? And I am 
I started my career as a university instructor, like plagiarism to me, like that is the paramount sin that you can commit. Like it's horrible. Don't do it. Uh, but, uh, it's an immediate credibility killer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, but I was also like, man, people are getting engagement off of my content. Why not? Why, why, why shouldn't it be me? Right. Right. So I started, you know, when I write a tweet, I'd copy and paste it and put it over on LinkedIn, you know, see how that, and then slowly started evolving and like, okay, well, let me take advantage of the format of LinkedIn. Like I've got more than 280 characters. I don't have to thread them together and kind of make this sort of thing. I can expand upon some of my ideas. I can even go back and look at my old tweets and content that I created two, three years ago, whatever is kind of evergreen, rewrite, write and work again for LinkedIn. And, you know, that helps me keep that content level up too. Right. Uh, but also gives a new angle on it. Like, uh, okay, here's a fresh look, another way of saying it, or I can expand upon that idea. Um, and that has been really helpful. And now it's to the point where I find myself, I'm writing on LinkedIn and copying and pasting that over to my Twitter and turning <laughs> it into a thread instead. Um, so yeah, that was actually the, it, it, the fact that I was getting plagiarized is what made me decide like, okay, well, I need to spend some time and I'm over the platform. And then as Elon Musk purchased Twitter and things started to change, there was part of me that's like, oh, I need, I need another social network just in case this all collapses and crumbles. I need, I need, I need to be somewhere else. Uh, because, you know, from a personal branding standpoint, Twitter being, being a active and talking about social media marketing is what gets me jobs as a freelancer. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate where I don't really have to go looking for clients. People generally come to me because of that, that presence. And if Twitter collapses, I would just totally lose that. So I need to be on a oh, secondary yeah. platform. Well, but it's, it's like, it's like we preach with any of our clients. I mean, you don't want to just put all your eggs in one marketing basket and in, into one, into one channel because people don't sit in one channel all the time. They're, mm -hmm. they're in a lot of different places. So just from that standpoint alone, it, you're, I mean, I think you're exercising a very healthy um, strategy. And you hit a different audience too. Like there are right. folks on LinkedIn right. that aren't even on Twitter that don't, you know, uh, see what, what I post there. And it's, it's, they, they find me. It's a totally new experience. So right. it's, it's great to connect with a, with a different group there too. Well, like I'm I said, one of yeah. The thing that impresses me, though, is just the fact that if you have things that are substantive to say, for example, I think one one of the topics that you get a lot of mileage out of is the how number one, that social media management is somewhat undervalued. At the same time, though, it's they people try to weight it down with too many expectations and and too many responsibilities and. Having just helping to have people have a, a healthy understanding of what good social media management is all about, what good content management is all about, and having people have a just a, a clear understanding. These are realistic expectations. These are realistic goals. These are realistic execu executions. I would exactly. Ask, if you could actually, uh, JS, because in my role in sales and in a lot of our team, what what we're seeing is is that everybody focuses on the end result. You know, they, they don't really look at the thought process. There was like all this thought that went into what you're doing beforehand. Could you maybe explain the difference between strategy versus tactics? Like what is tactical in social versus what strategy? So everybody kind of understands like 
you need both. And why? I, I, I think the easiest way to kind of look at it is, you know, strategy is the, you know, 10,000 foot view, right? We're thinking long term, what are our goals? How are we going to get from point A to point B? And then tactics are those small things that get you to those goals, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to, you know, increase engagement rates in order to generate more website traffic or, you know, all right. So how are we going to do that? We're going to engage our followers. How are we going to engage our followers? Is this going to be through, you know, this more video content? Is it going to be through uh, actually diving in and, and, and investing more into community management and replying to, to, to our, our followers? So, you know, the actual little things you do are the tactics strategies is your, your guidepost your 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 map and your overall goals and i think too many people focus too much on tactics in those short term gains you know oh i'm going to start trend hopping like <laughs> whether or not it works for our brand whether or not it's part of our strategy and our our everything that we've put together uh how can we get those numbers up real quick and that's right. where i think people really start to they, 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 it helps them in the short term, but well, people people I think too often they want they want action immediately. They want immediate action. They want to see the needle move immediately, without going back. And then the, what you're talking about is the strategy. For that helps you determine okay, what is the real pain point? What or what is the real hurdle we're trying to to get over here? And that's going to determine essentially where what tactics you, tactics you use to solve that problem. And it again, the, uh, I think the big uh, that whole big picture mentality is so vital. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, it's one, it, one thing I did when I was at the Texas Department of Transportation is, and and this, I, I, I be very cautious if anybody's listening and tries this. Talk, I, I, I talked to my boss before I did this. I said, could I email everybody in the C suite and ask them to give me what their top three goals for our social media platforms are what they they think the you know why are we on social and, and she's like okay go ahead and i did that and i tell you i did not get the same answer from anybody <laughs> not even the same three answers just wildly different um you know and, and they were all very good goals you know some of them you know like reduce traffic fatalities you know um things like that that are 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 very important and then when you ask our audience like why are you following the department of transportation they're like i want to know when the interstate's going to be the construction's going to be done you know <laughs> so then i went to to the 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 c suite had a meeting with them i said here these are all the answers i got let's pick 3 what can we do and what are your priorities the the top 3 and we kind of worked on what those looked like. Um, and that gave me that leverage too. When there was that reactive, we got to do something now. I could point to those. Oh, we agreed to these three things and this doesn't fit in that. Um, if we can make it work into in one of the, these three things we agreed on, let's go ahead. But we need to stick there. And that, you know, as, as a social media manager, having them sign off into it, you can kind of throw it back at them. It's <laughs> actually very helpful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of my questions was to distinguish the main differences between LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, seems like the um, usage, you're leaning more towards LinkedIn, you're gaining more of a heavy follower basis. So I'd 
that one I can see is more of your advocate and your bread and butter. But um, like, what's the posting cadence for each, and um, what what makes them in uh, what makes them two separate entities yes. rather than just platforms to use and get yeah. the word out? You know, it, it, they're they're very different in their styles and the way, way you write for them and who's there and what they're there for. Um, and I think there are advantages and disadvantages to both. There are things I, I as much as I'm on LinkedIn now, like pre-Elon Twitter will always be my favorite social platform. Like I, <laughs> I'm so sad. Like I literally feel like I'm in mourning when I read like updates. I'm like, oh, you're changing that really? Oh no. Um, but here's what I, I, I like about Twitter over LinkedIn and I'll kind of go back and forth. One, Twitter provides for a greater real-time posting cadence. Um, you know, in it is an addictive, all social is, but even more so. Like I have a thought, I can tweet it. It doesn't matter if I posted five times that day, six times, ten times, just you you just tweet as much as you, your your heart's content, really. Um and, and especially when things are happening in the social media world, like, oh, Elon changed this today. I can write 20 tweets about this because I have thoughts, y'all. Um, <laughs> and you don't feel like you're flooding anybody's timeline or getting punished in the algorithm for, for posting too much. Um, and also, you can bit, be a bit of your true self there, too. One of the reasons I ended up working on Invincible was that someone at Amazon Prime Video saw, like, Followed me and said, Hey, you know, social media. I also see that you tweet about comic books and superheroes. Would you be interested in coming and working on this project? Uh, that would have never happened for me on LinkedIn because I don't feel it's appropriate. Like, I guess I can, but, you know, I'm not going to tweet about like the latest episode of Ahsoka on LinkedIn. It's just strictly work. Any way to show my personality, I feel like I have to put it in the guise of like work talk. Like, Here's some lessons you can learn, you know, what, what Marvel superheroes would be the best social media managers, which, you know, do you um, have an answer for that? Uh, <laughs> Professor X all the way. How, who, who would be a better, like Professor X, he can just read minds. He knows he's, he, he's like a social, he puts on Cerebro and can like do social listening and hear everybody's talking about. Yeah. Uh, Professor yeah. X would be the best social media manager, hands down. He also uh, like you can't call it X. That was my idea first. Uh, yeah, there, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he he, you know, I, I miss that aspect of Twitter. I I I I I'm still using it. You know, I, I will probably go down with the Twitter ship. Um, but I feel guilty about using it too. But then on LinkedIn, I think you do get a little bit more. People are there too learn about work stuff they they want to have professional development they want to make you know connections with people at work um so it's advantageous there it's also everybody has kind of their real name so people are a little bit nicer in the comments um i i feel like and sometimes any social platform can be a little toxic i feel like you go to twitter for the snark and linkedin for the sycophancy it's hard to say <laughs> Uh, cause you know, I'll get toxic comments over on Twitter and then I'll get really stuff. I'm like, Oh, oh no, come on. You don't have to suck up to me like that. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. going, tw LinkedIn's like going to grandma's house. Like you get cookies, yeah. you get shower with kisses and love. Like, yeah. I feel like that's what it equivalates to. Um, and sometimes I feel like LinkedIn is a little bit because comments are so important on LinkedIn. Like by commenting, you can raise your own profile 
easily. You know, you comment on one thing and then all of your connections see a little alert. Oh, so-and-so commented on this. And then you kind of get, they try to draw you back. So people are trying to game that system. So they'll, I've seen people where I can tell they've copied and pasted what I said into chat GPT to formulate a response, uh, their comment it back to me. They just repeat it in different, what you just, it feels like to me, like when you're in college and had a blackboard assignment and the professor said, oh, you have to comment on three of your classmates post. Sometimes LinkedIn feels a little bit like that. Yeah. On the plus side, though, there are people that are very genuine. I've met a lot of people. And and um, so, you know, I think there's good and bad on both platforms. And you just have to take the good and the bad. I, you know, LinkedIn, I post less, you know, I I, I try not to even on a, a day when, you know, Musk is doing all kinds of craziness. Like, I try to limit myself to no more than three posts on LinkedIn. That's a heavy day. Yeah, because uh, I want to be considerate of other people's feeds, and because it doesn't work like Twitter. But I, 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 I sometimes I, I, I'm a nerd about my own job, and I want to talk about it. So I miss that kind of heavy yeah. cadence of Twitter. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm kind of curious, John. I'm going to steal a question that Michaela has here on her part. What's your thought of Threads? Oh um, my goodness, um, yeah. Threads. I, I, I forgot it was there. Um, but I won't for much longer. <laughs> Um, I really, I was excited, like most people when threads first came out. Um, and because one, I think we need a replacement, something Twitter is so valuable just for public discourse for so many other, not just marketing, real time communications, you know, when I was in higher ed, it was the source for crisis calm because it's in real time when when i live in arkansas so we have tornadoes all the time when there's a tornado i don't go to my radio i go to twitter and follow my local weatherman and he's giving me real-time updates and it is so much more reliable not anymore so uh, i was really hopeful for threads i think they launched before they were ready for prime time they were trying to elon has made so many bad decisions for twitter i can't remember which one was the catalyst that launched threads um but like he made a dumb decision threads launched that week people flocked to it uh and then three weeks later everybody kind of forgot about it um there are still folks there but it's just not you know uh what it was i think a few things are 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 problems with it that they launched without any sort of search functionality so or hashtags or anything there so there's a lot of functionality lost it was very ingenious the way when you open a threads account, all of your Instagram followers, all of your followers and follows are there mm-hmm. automatically. But I am a Twitter person. All of my followers are over on Twitter and LinkedIn. I mostly use my Instagram account for family photos. I have been trying to use it for a little bit more professional things lately, but I just, I, I, I've got 30,000 followers on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, and I've got a, less than a thousand on Instagram. So when I went over to threads, it's like, I have no audience and nobody has any way of finding my content unless they specifically look for me, right? There's no sort of like, oh, I stumbled upon this because it got, you know, I searched for social media marketing. I think that's going to change. I think they're going to, they're, they're slowly rolling out more and more features. And I think this is my prediction for 2024 is Meta will incentivize brands and creators to be on threads one of two ways. They're either going to give brands and creators higher reach. So we just get suckered in and like, look at those numbers go up. Or they're going to punish us 
by saying, if you are not active on threads, you are not going to get reach on other meta platforms, hmm. which is kind of Zuckerberg's MO. Like, remember what, when Reels came out and everybody's like, why do I want to make Reels? I've got TikTok. It's great. And it was like, well, if you want any reach on Instagram at all, you better be making Reels. Yeah, I've noticed that I, with, I, with mine. Yeah, I, I think they've invested too much into threads and Zuckerberg is not going to give musk the w he's not going to take the l like he is going to go all in uh i think 2024 you're going to see that 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 happen going back to brands and being you know and people latching on in social media they like people they like latching on to an individual personality the brands that succeed twitter brought this to mind with me the brands that the brands that have succeeded on on twitter are the brands that come across like a person like a personality, like an, an ind- like you're not just talking to a brand, you're talking to a, a persona, a personality, something that's got real, that has its own identity as an individual. That's how you succeed. I th- but I think that can has carry over into, into other social media platforms as well. People like to interact with a person. Brands that come across like a person are the brands that I think succeed best in the social environment. I agree. I, I, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, I I think that's why we're seeing the rise of like kind of the edgy snarky brands. Cause I think Mm -hmm. people are doing that as a shorthand to building an actual personality, you know, like, Oh, okay. Well we need to be a, Oh, oh, we can be snarky and and sarcastic. And that, that, that's like a real person. Like, well, not everybody's snarky and sarcastic. You're just trying to find the easiest way. Maybe you can be vulnerable. Maybe you can be, you know, we talk about authenticity, like find who you actually are. Um, and, and you can sound like a human being without being a jerk too, you right. know? Exactly. Like, exactly. But, but uh, come across like that, that the, I get maybe empathy is not the perfect word for it, but be a personality that people feel like they're talking to an individual that has feelings, emotions, thoughts. Yeah. On that, John, do you want to give everybody like the floor is yours? Where can they find? Uh, uh, you can find me online. I'm at JS Stancil pretty much everywhere. Uh, just search John Stephen, John without an H, Stephen with John Stephen Stancil uh, on, on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Um, yeah. Uh, my website is jsstancil.com. Uh, so yeah, find, find, I'm a pretty easy person to find online. Yeah, yeah, and great uh, stuff on link. Great, great stuff on LinkedIn, by the way. Yeah, oh, thank are, you. Uh, we've we've uh, ever since the uh, the advent of Twitter and Elon, we have had like we should really talk to JS um, <laughs> and see if he survived and tell his story. <laughs> I I hope I hope Twitter can pull itself out of this nosedive, but it's going to take. I, I I Elon's going to have to step aside, and I don't see that happening. So. Uh, as long as long as he's pulling the strings, it's going to keep going in the direction it's going. You know, say what you want. I know. I know he has his fanboys. They're probably listening. He, he he does not know what he's doing of Twitter at all. Like I, That's I'm fair. not an expert in 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 rockets or electric cars, but I know I know Twitter, and he he does not. Yeah, and that's fine to know, be an expert in the things that you're an expert in and not be an expert in the other things that you're not an expert in. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I cannot say the word throat lodgings, cough drop is what it is. 
So, you know, maybe, maybe I don't talk about that and that's okay. (laughs) It's just, it's okay. So that'll, maybe that's something to kind of come across that like, you know what you know and talk, talk about what you know, you know, and share that. Don't, don't, maybe don't venture off into things because that doesn't lead into inauthenticity of who you are. Uh, But anyways, we want to thank you for being with us and coming back on the show. Um, Been too long. Yeah. 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 It's been too long. Um, I think this video will, will, I'll, I'll cut this up. So this will be on YouTube. Um, YouTube has graced us with the handle nerd brand agency, um, on there. So, uh, we've not been updating that they've been stepping into podcasts. So there's put your podcast on YouTube. I'm waiting for RSS syndication probably will never happen. Uh, but you can find us there. Uh, or just go to nerdbrainagency.com slash podcast to check out this latest episode. There's a new one that comes up every Friday. Don't wait on Jason to post on social media. It's out there. It's scheduled. Trust us. I'll post this one to Twitter, uh, to, to, to LinkedIn as soon as it comes out. Oh, appreciate well, that. And my we hero. <laughs> we be sure to tag you on anything you say because now you're there and that's fun to do. So, uh, but anyways, so thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. You know where to find us to subscribe. You know where to find him to subscribe. And we'll see you next week. And remember, keep your nerve brand strong. Did you know everything is an ad? What do you mean? All expressions related to a brand are an ad. You just blew my mind. Yeah, don't let overthought advertising strategies get you down. Just have your why and a budget and leave the rest to the nerds. To chime in on all the latest branding and advertising pointers, listen to the Nerd Brand Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more.